Okay, I come from like a poetry background. My name is Maddie, by the way. I'm Maddie. Um, I come from a poetry background where we're like interactive and we're boisterous. So y'all can respond. You can be loud in return. So how are y'all doing tonight? Okay, and even if you're not woo, you can also say boo or whatever that is. So um, thank you, Open Table, for inviting myself and Shannon to come speak tonight. Um, yeah, we are very excited to be here. Is there anything else you want to say before we get going in community guidelines? Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so we are so excited to be here tonight. And as um, Nick already mentioned, if there's any moment where you feel like you need to step out or take care of yourself, please do so. I mean, that is part of spirituality of the body is being aware of our bodies and understanding what we're feeling and taking care of ourselves accordingly. So also respect that and acknowledge that and respect your body and where it's at. Um, so with that in mind, we're going to kind of have some community guidelines for us tonight as we kind of move through um, some potential hard things sometimes. You know, our bodies can carry stories that um, can be hard to wrestle with and address at times, and also really joyous too. So just like some community guidelines to help us move through that space. Um, first one being, um, I will practice non-judgment in this space. Um, there is no right or wrong. Those words don't exist right now. Um, there's a feeling. There is an emotion, and that you can just accept that and let that be in the present what it is um, and whatever that looks like for you. I will practice self-care and know my edges emotionally and physically. Um, so each of us is going to, embodiment for each of us is going to be different and it's going to be uh, look different because we're different bodies with different stories living inside of us um, and our bodies have lived through different things and have, are telling different stories. Um, so just trust yourself and know where those edges are for yourself, physically and emotionally, and that can also change day by day, too. I will honor the space by keeping what is shared here, unless otherwise permitted. Um, so we're entering into a sacred moment together. Um, and if anything is shared in this space by another, um, just respect that and respect um, the stories that we are sharing and also creating together in this moment. I will trust my body in the way I am able to today. Um, so similar things of kind of knowing your edges, but um, trust that your body is um, here with you and an advocate for you and wants to be present with you here. Um, so without, that, without further ado, I'm going to welcome up Shanna. Good evening, everybody. First thing you're going to learn about me is I'm short. I'm a shorty. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There we go. And the second thing you're going to learn about me is I talk with my hands, and I'm a mover. So I'm feeling a little confined by this um, piece of equipment here. But if you cannot hear me at any time, let me know, and I'll try to come back here over to the mic. But I, it's really hard for me to stay in one spot. So trust me. Get me back if you need to. It's nearly impossible to hear in the back of the room without it. Is it really? Okay, thank you so much for adding that. I will try to stay right here. <laughs> right here. Um, so what we're going to do is, by way of experience, open with a shared practice. Because I think it's one of the best ways to know something in the body, not with the mind, but with heart, soul, body, spirit, presence. So, oh, that's better. So what I invite you to do is, if you're still eating and you want to continue eating, fine. If you're done eating and you'd like to participate in this with us, please feel free. We're going to do a shared OM practice with the OM breath. And to do that, the first thing we're going to do is practice out loud the three different parts because we're a little funny sometimes about, how to, about using our uh, vocalization. So what I'd like you to do first is we're going to start with the belly and we're going to start with this AH sound. Oops. The ah, okay, beginning at the belly. So everybody, let's just try that. We're gonna vocalize it. Ah. And if you need to take another breath, you do. Ah. And as we do that, notice the belly vibrating. This starts down low near the base of the pelvis and moves up from there. Okay. Second, we're going to practice the ooh part. So the ooh comes from the chest. So again, we're going to make the sound together, but notice the vibrational quality that you feel here in your chest as we do that. Ooh. 
we're going to move to vibrating the lips. So here, the mmm part of the om, we're moving that awareness to the lips here and how the lips vibrate and in that nasal cavity. So let's practice that. And now we're going to put all three together. So you might want to put your feet flat on the floor. Get in a place that your body feels upright and that you can inhale deeply. And it's just going to be a natural breath. There's no forcing. You're going to be experimenting with your body in its natural form. So we'll take an inhale together. And then on the exhale, we're going to move through these three stages of sound with one tone, one tonal quality. And we're going to do this. We're just going to continue for about two, three minutes. So just be aware of how you feel inside, what you notice inside your body as we do this shared practice, OK? The soul is not simply within the body, hidden somewhere within its recesses. The truth is rather the contrary. Your body is in the soul, and your soul suffuses you completely. The soul is not simply within the body, hidden somewhere within its recesses. The truth, rather, is the contrary. Your body is in the soul, and your soul suffuses you completely. I just invite you to be aware of what you notice inside. What's the quality that you notice inside your own body? Because each person here is singular. You are a one. So notice what that is like for you, each one being unique, each experience being unique. That might have been comfortable, uncomfortable, comforting, discordant. Right? Notice. And then bring some compassion to that experience. 
whatever your experience was. And then notice what you are aware of in this room. Because we are a one. Singular and also yet interconnected, unique, whole, different, but one. That is the experience of the soul in the body. And that is our theme today that we are going to continue to explore. Your body is a sacred threshold. It is the place where your soul makes contact with the world. It's the only home you have. It's the, way, it's the place that your soul is made manifest in this realm. And it is a sacred threshold. So each thing we do today is going to be exploring your awareness of that threshold, how your soul and the wholeness of love is coming up and through you in the uniqueness that is you in your cellular, bone, tissue, muscular experience. Okay? Um, again, as Nick said, that is different for everyone, right? We have heard a lot of messages about the body from religion, from our homes, from our families, from culture that have to do with our gendering, our sexuality, our um, experience inside our bodies. So please be gentle with yourself. Any of those is okay. And those edges we welcome with compassion and tenderness today, okay? And you're welcome to grab me afterwards if you'd like. I'm happy to sit with anybody um, if there's something that you'd like to explore with that, okay? All right, we're going to move on, and here's where we're going. Oh, I did want to tell you this first. This om that we did, I love this practice, and here's why. It comes from the Hindu tradition, and in the Hindu tradition, the om is the original vibration of the created world. It is the sound that holds all sounds. So when you are participating in om, you are making the sound of creation when spirit comes into matter. So what better way to practice the spirituality of the body than to say, oh, because it is the sound of soul coming forth into who you are. That's why we did that. All right. For those of you who are linear and you want to know where we're going with this brief talk, <laughs> we're going to start big, okay? We're going to start with a big, big picture. Then we're going to go to relatedness, relatedness of three, okay? Then we're going to go to what difference does this make for our embodiment? What, what, what the heck difference does it make for this body right here that each of us live in that's unique and different and no other person will ever have one like it? That's where we're going, okay? We'll follow that. So the first part of that, I've got to start with Teilhard, okay? Teilhard de Chardin, right? I hear some fans of Teilhard, right? Woo! Go Teilhard. He was a man before his time, right? So for Teilhard, he was a Jesuit scientist, a paleontologist, a geologist, and a theologian. And he lived in the late 1800s to about 1955 is when he died. And the reason that I love him is because he lived at this intersection of science and religion and brought those two together in this union. The other thing that happened was as he was doing that and writing about them, of course, he, the folks in power, got a little nervous about some of the stuff Teilhard was saying because he was saying from the very beginning that maybe original sin wasn't our birthright, right? Maybe it was part of the evolutionary process of the universe, what it was doing, and just as the whole world evolves, we also are evolving in love. That love is the beginning of that fabric. And what he said was, love is the very structure of the universe. The very physical, he meant matter. <laughs> love, the physical structure of the universe that held everything together. That was pretty radical. So radical that the folks in Rome were not very happy with what he was preaching and teaching in Paris, so they exiled him to China. It's important to start with him because he got to the root. He was radical, and the word radical means to get to the root, right? And if we're gonna get to the root of stuff that has to do with how we live holistically, fully, 
in this human body, with all of ourselves included and with love at the core, then he offers a framework from which we can do that. His stuff was so radical that they considered it dangerous. So they exiled him from Paris to China for 20 years and said, you cannot come back. Because they were afraid if his stuff got out, it would be too disruptive for the church. So for me, I think the radical places are pretty great to start. If you, people in power and people who invested in the status quo are getting a little uncomfortable, we've found someone good, right? Yeah. So that's where we're at. So Teilhard, his, his quote is, what I want to read is, love, he says, is the most universal, the most tremendous, and the most mysterious. I love that. The most mysterious of the cosmic forces. He was calling it a cosmic physical force in the world. The physical structure of the universe is love. So that's our starting place, okay? Love then, if that's the truth, let's, we're gonna make that assumption and I'll grant it. I'm gonna make the assumption, I'm gonna join in there. Love is the physical structure of the universe. Then love is relational. It is all about relatedness. It is relatedness itself. Love doesn't exist in a vacuum. It has to be with an other, right? It has to flow. So these four things are true about love. It's all inclusive. There's nothing that can be left out of that. That means our shadow. That means the things that we don't quite want to see in external world and also the things we don't want to see in our internal world. Everything gets included. It also is overflowing. Love is not static. It has to flow. It, ha it, it, it can't not. So it's overflowing and it wants to be transferred and shared somewhere. It is infinite. If it's finite and has a finite quality, then it's not love, right? It has to be infinite. And there's a source of that that we can tap into. It wants to be manifested. And lastly, it's unconditional, right? There are no if-thens in love. If this, then I love you. If this, then that's okay. If this, then that's included. So we are basing what we mean by love on these four characteristics. So if that's true, right? Then here's the big stop. That's what we're starting with. Here's this love. It holds all things together. Well, what the heck does that mean? Okay, let's take it to the next level. If love is relatedness, it has to flow. So let's go through these three parts. First one, if love is true, then it, and it is exists, it has to have an emanation point, right? It has to have a source and an emanation meaning it began somewhere and then flows out of that beginning to everything else. And so in this universe, right, 13 point some billion years, what Teilhard would say is that was the beginning of that. So his quote again, which I love, is driven by the forces of love, the fragments of the world continuously work and seek each other so that the world may come into being. Did you hear that? As a scientist, he's saying there's a force of love that is so powerful that these particles are actually, the particles and fragments of the world are seeking each other so that the world may come into being. And that's not a singular point, the flaring forth. It is constant right now. That right now, what is being held, us, held in us, the way that we are here, that we can be in this building, that this podium exists, is fragments of love seeking each other and holding it together. Holding it together. It's the sense that we have inside of us of aliveness. That is love, right? It's what makes all of this. That's how radical what he was saying was. So love, then, has a source Love's emanation, we can call it source. You can call it God if you want. I don't care what language you use, but it comes from and emanates from somewhere. And so if love is related, it has to change, or it has to move and flow. Where does it flow to? Love's enfleshment, it wants to take form, right? It doesn't just want to be in the ether, it wants to take form. So there's all kinds of form. <laughs> We've got animals, mammals, trees, insects, Squid, I love the giant squid, right? <laughs> sea turtles, flocks of birds, and most, not most importantly, but significantly, the diversity of humanity, right? At a level of consciousness in which love is also seeking to be in relatedness at a different level with itself, 
which includes how we are made manifest. So that's love's enfleshment. It wants to take form. Okay, great, we've got two. We've got a source, right? Love started somewhere. It's the structure that holds everything together. It takes form. Now, we might think this might be enough. But if we have only two, love can remain exclusive. There's just two. If we add three, what happens? Love changes form. It can no longer be exclusive. It's now inclusive. It has to include an other. Dude, like, that is freaking exciting. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So like love says, okay, I have source, I have form. Not enough. Not enough. More. So love then includes enlivenment, which is the field. You know what I mean by the field. Like, you know when you meet someone and you go, I, I, something here. We're connected. We're bonded, right? And it's true. We know it's true. We know it's true from racism. We know there's all the isms that what, whenever there's injustice somewhere, there's injustice everywhere. And it's infecting all of us. We live in this field whether we know it or not. So love is doing all of this sourcing holding, forming every manifestation of all of us and every inanimate and animate object and everything around us, and then not enough, flowing, enlivening. Scientists can now measure what they're calling spirit. I don't know if you've seen Brian Swim's Journey of the Universe, but like they're measuring spirit, and scientists don't know what else to call it but spirit because it's measuring this, enlivenment. Okay, great. So... These are my words. <laughs> you can call it's kind of trinitarian, right? <laughs> you can call it you can call it God and Jesus incarnation and spirit if you want. But it's not necessary because it's the pattern of the universe as a whole. And it's broader than even that story, even that story even though that story is beautiful. And a lived one that is very particular to the Christian faith is incarnation. But it's more whole than that. Yeah. So, okay, well, great. Now what? Love said, not enough. Still not enough. What did it need? What did it want? What did it long for? What did it want to flow to? us us in a uniquely human perspective because love is seeking you and we because of our consciousness I'm not diminishing the consciousness of animals and plants and trees because we actually are finding out they have a whole lot more consciousness than we realized right just go talk to some trees I do that often they'll tell you their names but we, we are seekers in a different way, and love is seeking us and wants to be sought and actually does it at the highest level of love's freedom because it gives us our own self-agency, it gives us our own will, and we don't have to. That's incredible that we in this human body are included in this incarnational process where love is being made manifest in us as us right now. And the soul then is this, the soul is love's emanation, the soul is love's coming into form, right? Yeah. And it's that enlivenment that's intangible, but that we know when we feel. Yeah. And then that's our soul, which comes into the world with one particular person, right? There's only one Josh. There's one MJ. Soul. That then we get to know only because her soul comes into contact with the rest of us through this body. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's, good. that's how I know MJ's soul. Through that. No other way. So, the spirituality body then is because of that. So, love then is the gravity of our soul. That's St. Augustine. That's not me. He said, love is the gravity of our soul and the absolute then ground of our being. So now we go back <laughs> to the beginning. And this quote, the soul is not simply within the body. 
How many of you got taught that? Or got in, it kind of roams around in there. My soul is somewhere in there, right? And I have to go in there and find it. This is a wholly different concept. It's that the soul is everywhere around the body and suffuses it entirely. So some, the truth is the converse, and the, if the body's in the soul, the soul then suffuses it completely. That means that there's no separation. It's all entirely there. What I want to show you, and I think this is so cool, this picture is from a, a Japanese photographer who lives in New York. And he took this picture by having a naked person dance. It is 10,000 composite pictures of that dancer that then he put into a single shot. What do you see? Right? A wholeness, a foot, a circle, a leg. I'm going to show you a few more. I just want you to take them in, okay? What do you see? And when you know that that is a body dancing naked and then looks like this. Tell me what you're experiencing while you see this. Awe. Huh? Hearts wide open, Chris. Thank you. Humility. Humility. Joy. Joy. Uh, I don't know what I'm crying. Dysphoria. Dysphoria. Thank you for that one too. There's another one I didn't hear. Harness. beauty. So this is the body, right? Your soul is the threshold here and the body knows you intimately. It knows and is aware of your whole spirit and your whole soul long before your mind perceives your body knows exactly how you are and where your edge places are today and what feels hard to integrate or be with or what your wholeness and next step is. And the inner voices of the body want to speak to us and want to inform us of the truths beneath the surface of our external lives. They, it is right there, the soul coming up and through. This truth is true and already in the soul threshold of the body, and the way that we know it is to take our awareness into the body and experience it. That's how we know. That sounds really great, but we all have, usually have a lot of barriers to doing that, right? Barriers that came from, again, religion, the family of origin, what culture has told us about the body, what our own personal, we might have body dysphoria of some kind, it's pieces we don't like and don't want to be with, Places, edge places, all of us, for all different reasons. So what I'd like to explore briefly is, um, is that, okay? In the West, which we are part of that culture, we often live from here. And I can't tell you how many of my clients have said, they walk in and they'll say, Shanna, I don't know anything from, except from right here to here. I'm like a walking head. Because it's hard sometimes for us to connect down in. So we're going to start there. We're going to start there about the body, and we're going to move down some of the levels. So what I'd like you to share and think about is what, for you, are your edge places? What do you think about your body? And Maddie's going to record for us. What do you think about your own body? Sorry. Meant to get here. I get too excited. What are some of your thoughts about your body? That it's ugly. That it's ugly. Okay. That it betrays me. Yep. Doesn't work as well as it used to. 
can be burdensome. It hurts. It hurt? Grateful. Grateful. In its prime. In Ever growing. It can do things that I didn't know it could do. It has, I guess you could say it has a wisdom of its own. Did you all hear that? Yeah. Okay. I prefer your own voices, but try to repeat if I need to. It has the potential to bring life. Has the potential to bring life. All right, I want to shift our conversation a little bit. What do you feel about your body? What affect do you have about it? Shame. Shame. Yes. So you can notice that shift of happiness and anger inside the body. Responsible. Hmm. What do you mean? What feeling goes with that? Like when my, when my body's angry at me, I feel bad. I'm like, oh, I did this ah. to it. And then or I, feel, I get hyper aware of, am I taking care of myself? Okay. Sometimes. Okay. It can be positive and negative, I think. It sounds like there's some badness yeah. about if you're not caring for it the way that you want to be responsible for it, okay? Resentment. Resentment. Sadness. Sadness. Restricted. Restricted. I'm disappointed that I don't feel as young as I actually feel. Hmm. Disappointed. I try to hide it. Okay. So there's a hiddenness. Heaviness. Disconnected. Okay, disconnected. I actually think I can feel equal parts happy and resentful. Right? Yeah. Isn't that amazing how we can feel multiple like, things at one time? Yep. Picture. I also feel happy. So. Yep, happiness and resentful. Okay, so I'm going to move us one more time. How do you live your body? Now, notice that's different. The first two refer to body as subject, excuse me, as object, right? I think about my body this way. I feel about my body this way. And we notice those in the body. because The only place to have a feeling is embodied, so you're having that here. But it's related to how you do about it. How you live your body is how it's being made manifest. That's body as actor body as liver. So you don't need to answer that unless you have some. If you have some, you're welcome to. Yeah, go ahead. So I feel as if I live in my body regimented. Huh, okay. Yes. Thank you for that. Noticing the passing of time. Yeah. Right? To live like everybody else is more important than I am. Ah, wow. Your body feels that, I bet. Yep. In need of rest. Hmm, okay. Cycles. Cycles, rhythms. Especially women connected to lunar cycles, absolutely we are. Means to an end? Yeah. 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 Body as vessel, tool that I can, yeah. Yes, expression, a place of expression. With an app. With an app? Yeah. Not something I'm proud of, but that I rely on an app to tell me what's going on. Oh, how, yeah, yeah, right? You get your little, oh, yep, oh, that's uh, I got so many, so much REM sleep last night. Yep. <laughs> wow. Right? Oh. Mm hmm. All right. Oh, good. I would say, uh, like, utility. 
Huh, yes. It's utilitarian. Neglected. Neglected, okay. So what we are going to explore now is that we're moving upstairs, is we're going to explore this question more fully. How do you live your body? Okay. What we're going to be doing is going upstairs through the sanctuary. And if you are differently able to need some assistance getting up there, we, the elevator, is it still out? It is still out. Okay. So if anybody needs assistance getting over to the ramp to get in, please do come over here to where Nick is standing and we'll have a car that can get you around and have access to the sanctuary via the ramp if you need to. Um, when you wake, we invite you please to go in silence. Okay. What you are doing is exploring your body as a threshold place of your soul. So you're going to go out these doors and go up the stairs, turn to the left and go around. There will be people to help direct you. And before you enter the sanctuary, you're going to notice that there's some fabric hanging there. That's a literal threshold. So when you feel ready and with intention, go ahead and enter in there. Okay. When you enter, we really invite you to take a different position, posture, location, place in that sanctuary than you might typically take in a church sanctuary. We're going to use the whole entire thing. So there's no need to sit down unless you choose to and want to, but you're welcome. We're going to fill the whole thing, even up by the altar space. You can go any of those places that you want. And once we get there, Maddie's going to give you some further directions. Okay? Any questions or clarifications about that? All right. Okay. You all are please dismissed and um, take this question with you. How do I live my body as a place and threshold of the soul? Um, yes. We're going to now move into a meditative time about how do we live our body um, and what does that mean? You might notice there's lots of fabric. There's a couple hula hoops and random other toys, paper on the wall. Um, this is all free to engage with as you so desire. Um, feel free to move anything around, to pick it up, to play with it. Um, interact with it with your body. Um, I personally believe fabric is a connective tissue between the spiritual and the physical. Um, and that is part of why there is so much fabric here today. Um, so interact with any of this as you as you need to, as you're exploring this idea of how do we live in the body and what does that mean to live in a body? Um, you, I would invite you to even push the boundaries of what it means to exist in a space such as this. You know, this we are in a sanctuary room, yes, but does it have to remain a sanctuary? Do you have to remain sitting in a pew? Can you dance? Can you walk around? Um, what does your body want to do? Um, and if any moment we do have the um, agreements posted up here on this door. It's kind of dark. I know it's hard to see. But if any moment you need to return back to those just as a centering, we have all four agreements written on the, on the wall. Um, and one that I return to often in moments of anxiety or whatever it may be is I trust my body. So if you just need a centering word or um, a phrase, you can pick a different one that works for you as well. Um, we will be playing um, a few songs for you to move through. Um, but I want to do a little bit of intro on this first one, though. Um, there's an artist who interviewed various people about how he would define happiness. Um, and then he took the tones in their voices and made music out of it. Um, so it's music from people's bodies, basically. And um, the first one we'll be hearing is a song from that album. Um, and it is a woman describing the first time she heard sound after receiving a cochlear implant. Um, so it'll be a little bit of interview, a little bit of song. Um, but feel free to move through the space as much as you want to. Um, I would challenge you to remember that it's not right or wrong. It doesn't have to have a reason about why you feel the need to do something. It doesn't have to serve a quote-unquote purpose. Um, if you feel something in your body, if you feel the music in your body in a certain way, um, trust your body and follow that instinct and see where it will take you. Um, yeah, and you're allowed to move however you'd like through this area. Just be mindful of those in, in your vicinity. Um, so without further ado. So, um, you know, people often ask me over the years, what do you hear? And I couldn't really answer because I didn't know what it was like, what it was like to hear. So how can I compare? 
it was just the way life was for me. It was the way the world worked for me. So it's very natural for me not to hear in the way you would hear. Yeah. Lip reading came very naturally to me, very sensitive to vibration, the movement of air in the house. I could be up there and I could tell when somebody, a particular person comes in the house because I can smell. Anyway, so I was very happy the way I was fine. I was a happy person. The implanted electrodes, so I have 16 electrodes inserted in my cochlea. So that way the matches can be sent directly to my brain. It's a big surgery, you know, they draw a horn, you know, they make a little bed for the um, magnet, because I have a mm. um, computer microchip. You have a microchip in your yeah, head? Yeah, it's inside. And then that attaches by a magnet? Yeah, the magnet on the outside to pick up the sound. But the sound goes in and then it processes through here, then it's sent through the computer microchip, through the electrodes. So after the surgery, I had to wait four weeks for everything to sort of rest in place. And then I turned on and I didn't hear anything. I thought, oh my God. But you know what? I could not hear sound, as we know. But I think what was happening with my brain didn't know what to do with the information. But all of a sudden I felt my body moving inside. All of a sudden I felt my body moving inside. All of a sudden I felt my body moving inside. All of a sudden I felt my body moving inside. All of a sudden I felt my body moving inside. All of a sudden I felt my body moving inside. All of a sudden I felt my body moving inside. All of a sudden I felt my body
We are now going to do a collective response with um, paper and writing utensils of various kinds. Um, there'll be a big butcher paper laid out here in the front here in a little bit. Um, and then if there's not enough room for everyone in the front, um, there will also be some paper along the walls um, that you can also feel free to keep responding on those as well. So we're about to lay out that butcher paper here in a second. Um, and in your responses, um, know that it's, it doesn't have to be words. It can be doodles, lines, circles, whatever it is that you want to do. It doesn't have to be coherent. You don't have to know what it means. It's not about making art or whatever it is. It's about um, giving an honest response to, um, to the time that we just um, shared together. Um, and then we will be closing out our evening here shortly. So I'm going to lay out that butcher paper now, and then we'll get going. The body is a prayer, which is to say a holy thing, which is to say we interact with our God through every interaction, even love or hate. To believe in such a message is to understand my body is a sacred text. I must study and unpack its secrets in the quiet of each day. I ask myself questions and remind myself it is not a sin to be sad. I'm trying to become a scholar of my own body, to study and meditate the scriptures of my body, the lines, the wrinkles, the bent pages of my spine as I curl into a ball to sleep at night and become my own unwinding in the morning and let myself unfold before myself. To be honest with myself is a daring act of forgiveness. And yes, we poets, we humans keep using the same metaphors. Something about bones and blood and trees and ghosts and oceans and your voice. But listen, none of us have gotten it quite right. None of us can explain why bird bones are hollow and this makes my soul belly flop dive into my palms and sometimes I love you in my ears feels the same. When I die, can I take my blood with me? My bones, my needle, any needle, my thread. I mean, I am a needle. I mean, a needle is inside of me. A needle is inside of me, and the first stitch from my mouth was God's poem. Then my hands to this earth. My skin is the first fabric. My skin is the first fabric, and I regret I ever hated this. My skin is the first fabric and I must unravel to wear it properly. We are really so grateful that you all have been here with us and shared um, your experience in your bodies with us. 
that's a shared energetic experience whether words are exchanged or not. Um, we will have, never have another moment like we've had this evening. So thank you. You are welcome to stay here if you'd like and continue to kind of engage or rest or do what your body needs. You're also welcome to uh, go if you would like. We just request that you please honor the folks around you in whatever way um, lets them do their own embodiment, what, what they're experiencing. So thank you so much for that. And um, I will be around this evening. If anybody wants to engage, I'll be sitting over there on the side. Um, I'm happy to do that if, if anyone wants to. And I'll leave us with this quote from Teilhard because I can't not. <laughs> and um, this power of love, this manifestation of love in our bodies, it is the thing. It is the thing that I think will um, restore our world, will restore us to ourselves, restore us to one another, and restore the world as we care and live amongst her. And he says this, if humanity ever captures the energy of love, it will be the second time in history that we have discovered fire. So go and discover your fire. Amen.